Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Day 3. The spiritual man, session three. We've been talking about the spiritual man. Day one, we talked about the fact that the spiritual man knows God as their father. And that if you're thinking spiritually, if they ask you, who's your daddy? It's God. Where's your village heaven? And yesterday, we covered the idea that the spiritual man knows the things of God. Ignorance is not bliss. All right, so that's what we covered yesterday. I'd like to appreciate the band, JT and the band, Archbishop Stewart, uh, uh, Elder. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us online, Facebook, YouTube. Some of you are watching us on Twitter. Kindly share with your friends everywhere. Let them know the word has begun at Word Alive. There's a reason it's called Word Alive. Yeah. yeah, because we bring the Word Alive. Again, prepare your communion at about, if you're lucky, 7.15. We'll be sharing. So prepare your communion. Have something that represents the body and something that represents the blood of the Lamb. There are numbers running on your screen. Those are numbers to call for prayer. So for there are people, anointed people, behind those numbers, they are going to pray with you. Their number one assignment is prayer. Just call and receive prayer. They, why, why continue carrying that thing? When you can drop it, yeah, we believe in miracles here at Worship Harvest. We believe that the ministry of Jesus was filled with miracles. And I also believe that someone is about to give me some funds or air up in here in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance from heat. Yeah, one degree is enough so that it doesn't disturb Brother Edison's sound. Just one degree. Awesome. Today, we are talking about the, the topic today is that the spiritual man thinks the thoughts of God. The spiritual man thinks the thoughts of God. Yesterday, we said the spiritual man knows the things of God, it's one thing knowing, it's another thing thinking. It's one thing knowing you're beautiful, it's another thing thinking you're beautiful. Especially when something starts showing up on your face that you are not planning for. So, thinking the thoughts of God. Now, when you've, when you've grown up around the Bible, if you've grown up in a Christian home like I did, okay, Christian, what do I mean? Not in a bad way, like, yeah, where you read the Bible and prayed, the assumption is you know what it says. The assumption is that you, th you are thinking the thoughts of God. Of course, <coughs> that can go on for as long as you are not honest enough to ask yourself, does my life look like the lives of the people in the scriptures? Does my life look like the lives of the people in the New Testament? Because everyone has an argument 
everyone has a doctrine, everyone has a theory and a theology, but Jesus didn't say you will know them by their theology. He didn't say you will know them by their doctrines. He said you will know them by their fruit, results. Does my life have results that evidence that I'm thinking the right way? And I can tell you that my life didn't have those results, even though I was saved, sanctified, and heaven-bound. Until one day, a man called John Cato came to our young church when at the time when he came with his family, there were about 30% of the congregation and introduced, introduced us to the discipleship evangelism course by Andrew Womack and Don Crow. And in that course, there was spiritual lobotomy. Now, if you don't know what lobotomy means, you can search it online. Otherwise, it means removing the brain and putting it back, if that's possible. There was the rewiring of my thinking. So much so that I couldn't recognize the person I was before. You know when you know you've always been saved? And then something happens and you're like, have I been saved? Because the, the thinking, the revelation of the thoughts of God just takes you to a completely new level. So that's how our marriage was healed after three years of the marriage was... The wedding was made in heaven, the marriage not in heaven, and, and then it was healed. And then we started seeing lots of people having testimonies, addictions breaking, what all sorts of incredible breakthroughs. And this started because we started aligning our thinking the way God thinks, with the word of God. Someone said that some people will not allow the word of God to get in the way of their belief system. Now, thankfully, those people are not on Word Alive. They are not here. Those of you who are here today, you are the ones who are allowing the Word of God to interrupt your belief system, to interrupt your sicknesses, to interrupt your depression, to interrupt your poverty, to interrupt your small thinking, to interrupt your frustrations and darkness and breathe new light into that space of your soul. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 to 10, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 10 says, but he who is spiritual, the spiritual man, right, judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. That sounds like a very boastful verse, you know, because tomorrow is here, so every time I feel like conversing, which is my teaching style, which is complicated when there are no people, <laughs> I have to come here and we talk. But who is spiritual? What? Judges all. Cut it up. That he himself is rightly judged by no one. He doesn't say not judged by no one, but rightly. And, and then he says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. He starts by saying that he who is spiritual judges all things and yet is rightly or correctly judged by no one. Why? Because most people are carnal. Yeah. Yeah. The majority of the people I come across every single day are carnal. They don't have the mind. They, they don't think the thoughts of God. They judge in the flesh. So they try to judge spiritual things 
using their carnal minds and end up with nothing. There is nothing as bad as a carnal mind trying to judge spiritual things. Carnal mind judging spiritual things. And they say, he walked on water. You're like, "Mm mm-mm. There is something called gravity. Hmm? Uh, The gravitational... (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) Completely different. Completely different. That's why it says the carnal mind is enmity against God. Okay? So, thus... The carnal mind does not have permission to rightly judge spiritual things. That's why I used to be one of those people thinking that I've read enough of the Bible, I know things. So I would have an opinion about people and their ministries and how they did things. Then it occurred to me one day, (laughs) zip up, you don't know. Even if you can look at something someone is doing and you think, that's not right. You know what? You can tell the activity, but you don't know the motive. And yet God looks at the heart, not the activity. So you can see someone doing something wrong and you quickly conclude they are doing something wrong and you post on Facebook how they are doing something wrong, but you don't know the motivation behind what they are doing. All right. Quietness Presbyterian Church. All right, let's move on. The first person a spiritual man refrains from judging is themselves. The spiritual man does not judge themselves. I'm going to bring this up shortly, and you're going to see. In fact, if you haven't yet, if your friends haven't yet logged on, bring them on now because today I'm serving the fresh wine fast. We are not going to do the other Jesus thing of towards the end. So if they come on late, they are going to miss the best part. All right. So he doesn't judge themselves. They let the word be the discerner of all things and the divide of soul and spirit. And we are going to see what Paul says about judging himself. Just get ready for that. Now, that's being spiritual. Why? A guilty conscience will never produce righteousness. Guilt will never produce righteousness because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. The Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. To the pure, all things are pure. Titus 1.15, watch this. It says, to the pure, all things are pure. But those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Even their mind and conscience are defiled. You see, when you are, (laughs) I don't know how to put this, for an impure person, yeah? Yeah? You can even last after a woman wearing a gomesi. Yeah, where everything is covered and you're still lustful. Yeah, because you'll be thinking, yeah, yeah, it's the dress code that's the problem. No, it's your mind. Right? 
What does it say? We have the mind of Christ. We are spiritually minded. We have pure minds. To the pure, all things are pure. To the pure, all things are pure. To the pure, all things are pure. When your mind is renewed, you can see things very differently. We have the mind of Christ. We are spiritual people. We think his thoughts. We feel his feelings. We speak his words. We work his works. We live his life. Now, let me take you to what I told you Paul says. Paul makes some very bold declarations here. Paul was a spiritual man. He says in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 1 Corinthians 4, let a man, no, verse 3, verse 3, he says, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. Let me first stop. What? Who does this thing is? He says, in fact, and every time I read the scriptures, I see new things. Like, I had never taken notes of that in, in fact. Because it's different if he says, I do not even judge myself. He says, in fact, it's a matter of fact. I do not judge myself. Like, when I think of me, I don't see anything wrong in me. Wow. What? I do not even judge myself. <laughs> this is the wine. This is the new wine. This is a good wine. This is a good wine. Then he says, he says why he does not judge himself. Okay? <laughs> now, of course, if, if you've read the if you've read the book of Acts and Paul's letters, you see that the guy had issues. Paul had issues. Let's accept judging carnally. Paul had issues. But see what he says. He says, for him, he doesn't have issues. He says, I do not judge myself. Then he says, why? He says, for I know of nothing against myself. <laughs> I says, and yet I'm not justified by this, but by he who but he who judges me is the Lord. How do you get to a point where you know of nothing against yourself? Do you know how you get there? You don't get there by first making sure you are not doing anything wrong because that will never happen. You get there by thinking the thoughts of God towards you. Because, let me shock some of you religious people, God knows nothing against you. Now that just put a new wrinkle in someone's brain. God knows, if you are in Christ, everything God will have known against you and judged against you, he put it on Christ, sent him to the cross, died, and paid for it fully. So every time you show up with your me Google of things, can you load me this? Lord, can you about this? God's like, eh? what are you talking about? Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. God's like, I don't know. 
What? What are you saying? Yeah. By the way, this is totally like deliverance. Deliverance is happening right now. How could a man get to a point where he says, for I know of nothing against myself. And says, yet I'm not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. He who judges me is the Lord. My goodness! Ah! Woo! This is nice. Timo, this is so nice. Even me, I'm feeling nice preaching it. That's, like, like, that's how nice it is. This, this part says, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. You know, spiritual people, they have protected their minds and their hearts against people's opinions and judgments. People's opinions and judgments of you are of no more value if you're a spiritual person. Because the only opinion that matters of you is that of God. They've stopped evaluating themselves based on the likes or responses to their social media posts. I've been listening to Kenneth Copeland a lot lately. And this guy has been ministering for like 50 years now, more than 50 years. He's 84. So they've been in ministry for like 60 years, almost. And he says, right early on, way back those ends, he told this stuff, never show me anything anyone has written against me. That one. Two, never show me anything anyone has said that is good about me. So he doesn't know. He doesn't know people who like him. He doesn't know people who doesn't like him. He doesn't know. 50 years. He doesn't know. But for you, are they searching? <laughs> who said what? Timo hasn't liked my post. We have to talk. <laughs> this guy, nothing. Nothing. I tell you, it's not easy. In case you're thinking it's easy, it's not. Let me tell you a story. So when this whole word alive thing was starting, I just felt the Lord leading me to switch off my phone for one week. Man, do you know when your phone is like a body organ? Yeah, because that's how many of you feel by now. You may not know it, but try, try and leave it home and drive to town and back without your phone. You'll see. You'll see the feeling. You'll feel like something that's supposed to pump the blood or the juices or whatever is gone off. The nerve endings are dead. So I switched it off on Monday and immediately... All the things I desired. Because, look, I was almost at, at addiction level. When you wake up, what's the first app you tap? That rhymes, by the way. And now, switching your phone off, you're like, oh my God, I can't WhatsApp. Ah, I can't. What? What? 
okay. Man, what's this other one? You version go. Lord, at least you version. And God's like, you have three very good hard copy Bibles. Put them to use. At some point, I need to send someone more bio money. <laughs> Yeah, everybody here making noise. Those who know me know that I send my bio money to people every day. Every day. So I couldn't. I had to wait for Saturday. So if you haven't sent you my bio money and it was your birthday or something, don't complain. Okay. Or if you've been trying to reach me. Hey, can it? In this season, two of our leaders lost their fathers. I couldn't go. I couldn't call. I couldn't even go to the vigil or the service. Because I was under instruction. It's complicated when, when people's opinions, because they're thinking, what are they going to think? What are they going to think of me that I didn't go for their father's burial? I'm the pastor. I didn't even go for the vigil here, here, here. Instructions. Very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. How about you? Because we are talking about the thoughts, thinking the thoughts of God. I have heard Kenneth Copeland say this many times. He says, in those earlier years of their marriage when he was a complete troublemaker even after he had got saved he, he, he could be in the kitchen he has done something he's seething with anger what? and then Gloria would come from behind and just put her, her her hands on his shoulders and say Kenneth I find no fault in you every time he talks about it he cries Wife, try that. He just went to her, she just went to him. She says it many times in the kitchen. He's there throwing a tantrum. Then she would just go and say, Kenneth, I f Jesus finds no fault in you. And I find no fault in you. They've been married 59 years. 59 years. I find no fault in you. Wow! Wow! How about saying that to yourself? That's a Moses. For I know nothing against myself. How about saying that to yourself? Like, Mose, look in the mirror. Mose, I find no fault in you. Wow. Wow. That will change your life. That will change your marriage. That will change everything. I find no fault in you. 
says he doesn't judge himself. He says, I know nothing against myself. But how do you get to that point? You don't get to that point by practicing yoga, where you empty your mind of all the negative thoughts about yourself. Because I know you, you right now you are dealing with plenty. Do you know what you do? Nature abhors a vacuum. If you leave it empty, something will come in. Even those demons, they cast out one, it went and looked for 30 others which are like it, and they came and occupied the house. So what do you do? You fill your mind with something else, which is the word of God. Is that book around? Enjoying your Bible? You fill your mind with the right stuff. If you fill your mind with the word of God, you're going to start thinking the thoughts of God. Amen. He says in 2 Corinthians 5, 16, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. We regard no one, no one according to the flesh. That no one, do, do you know that you, you are included in no one? Yeah. The number one no one is you. Yeah, you're the first no one. If there is anyone that you, you, you have accused of things in this world, it is yourself. <laughs> Somehow this self-accusation makes us feel like we are holy, like as if we, God, we are, even you, you know that, even me, I understand that I'm really doing badly. Self-condemnation is of the devil. He says it's the accuser of the brethren who accuse them day and night before our father. You think the devil is going to accuse you without evidence? The devil knows God for many years. So he knows he can't go to God if he has no evidence. He has evidence when he goes to God to accuse you. That doesn't make him your friend. So stop working for the devil. When you accuse yourself, you're working. What accusations have you brought against yourself? How about others? Yeah. 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 From now, from now on, from now on. From when? From now on. Now on means future. It's not just momentarily that when you're really feeling like you've just come out of off the mountain, yeah? Wakavaku prayer mountain, you are just dripping with holy oil, and you're like, right now, I know nothing against me. I regard not myself according to the flesh, until you quarrel with the border guy for change. No, 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 no. It's from now on, on. Why? By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Hebrews 10, 14. Did you know you're perfect? By the way, I came up with a, a, a new response the other day on how to respond to greetings. Try and greet me. How are you? <laughs> it's so good. Like, it makes me laugh. Right, right. Try again, try again, try again. How are you? <laughs> Try one more time. <laughs> I'm perfect, protected, blessed, and highly favored. How about you? <laughs> Whoa! I'm perfect, protected, 
blessed and highly favored. That covers all spirit, soul, body, and extras. Perfect spirit, protected body, blessed financials, and highly favored relationships. How are you, Mose? Perfect, protected, blessed, and highly favored. Whew. This someone is going so well. I'm, I'm not even following the script. <sighs> if, they, if there is one achievement from tonight, is that I'm liking the someone. Yeah, this, this is good. Because typically, I'm like, that. what? What did you say? You should not say that. Okay. Okay, he doesn't judge himself. We regard no one according to the flesh. So what accusations have you been bringing against yourself? Did you know the enemy cannot accuse you successfully without your agreement, without your participation? In order for the devil to accuse you successfully, you must invite him into the picture as the primary accuser. And once you invite him like so, he shows up. He's like, yeah, bruh, uh-huh, what it is? <laughs> and he accuses you, accuses you. All right. Because the thing is this, in a bid to get better and improve, we have sometimes forgotten this principle and think that by beating ourselves down, we are going to get better. And it, it doesn't work. It doesn't. This is a book, Enjoying Your Bible by, what is this? A practical guide and journal for getting the most out of your Bible. Yeah. This book is space for you to write. Don't think it's for theory. Lots of room for you to write. Practical. Kakano. Don't say I didn't tell you. No. Okay, nation. So, the law of the mirror. Let me tell you about the law of the mirror in John Maxwell's book, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, he talks about the law of the mirror and it states that you must see value in yourself to add value to yourself. You must see value in yourself to add value to yourself. Think about that. It doesn't sound very obvious. Do you know why you treat yourself like a doormat? Because you don't see value in yourself. You must see, you must think that you're worth the effort to grow yourself, to educate yourself, to take good care of yourself, like my wife. I think she came around. Yeah, it's vegetables, what? Because she sees value in herself. To surround yourself with the right people, you must see value, to take yourself to church or for your mission or community meeting. To invest in your, you must first believe that you're worth the effort. You must believe you're worth the effort. In that same law, he says that if you put, if you put a low value on yourself, rest assured the rest of the world will never raise the price. If you put a low value on yourself. Rest assured, the rest of the world will never raise a price. That's why you go and say, how much will you charge for this painting? Then you say, this much. Then they start negotiating you down. So you better set it high because... <laughs> they are going to negotiate you down. 
I remember in one of Trump's books, a friend of his was chairman of the board for one of the hospitals in New York. And then he took him out and asked him to make a donation to the hospital. And he asked him to donate, I think, $5 million. He eventually gave $1 million. And he says, I've never felt so small giving $1 million. Because the guy asked for five. If he had asked for one, he would have given 200000 What's the value? Do you see the value? Numbers 13.33. He says, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak come from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. People generally perceive you and treat you based on how you perceive and treat yourself. If you see yourself as a grasshopper like these people did, they will see you as a grasshopper. We are talking about thinking the thoughts of God. The spiritual man thinks the thoughts of God. God definitely doesn't see you as a grasshopper. But if that's how you see yourself, God will not see you like that, but the enemy will see you like that. The enemy will see the grasshopper in you and your self-perception and move in speedily, quickly, and take you out grasshopper style. If you see yourself as a grasshopper, that's what they will see. If you see yourself as broken, they will see a broken person. If you see yourself as broke, they will see a broke person. It's a very sensitive thing, this one. I don't even know how to say it pastorally without sounding insensitive, but why does abuse sometimes become a journey for people? Like someone is abused at some stage and then somehow every person they go to for help, not every, some of the unrenewed people, they go to for help or thinking they will accept them and embrace them, they abuse them even more. And just continues, just continues. The enemy sees these things. The child of God, snap out of it. The enemy wants to destroy you, snap out of it. You know, we all know people. You can't step, step on, eh? Yeah? There are people you know, you can't demean them. Eh? Even you, you know. When someone's so, so, <laughs> you have to be respectful around them. You have to speak a certain way. You, you get, we all know those people. Think about those people. Think about them. Uh, write the name in your mind. Write them down. You know them. You know them? Have you seen them? Have you seen them? Have you seen those people? People you can't just manira. You know, there are people that are not manirable, like Angela here. But think about those people. Have you thought about them? What is the common thread about them? The common thread about them is they treat themselves with dignity. They treat themselves with so much dignity, you can't bring your indignity around them. Yeah, like Dr. Nachi. Because Dr. Nachi. <laughs> Even you, you will know that you're being an idiot. 
when you try. Kumangalina diki. Woman of God. Katito Jerry Kajanja. Hey, that's not. No. You see, that sounds so wrong, right? <laughs> Doctor, you know, like, you have to even bend carriage a bit when you're around her. Because of the way she treats herself. And that's not because she doesn't go through challenges and problems. That's not because she hasn't faced issues that would have tempted her to treat herself less than she should. She has had enough opportunities to look down on herself. But no, not Dr. Nudge. Head held high always. Child of God. Get out of the grasshopper colon. <laughs> on the other hand, we know people. Let's not even go there. Yeah, let's not even go there. Proverbs 23:7, verse part A says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, in his heart. What do you think about you in your heart? public confession. Forget all the public confessions. I'm talking about heart level stuff. You can even type, that happens to me all the time, even when you don't believe it. Are you thinking about and saying to yourself in private the things you say in public? I'm a preacher, so I know. How much trouble a person, a husband gets into when the only time they get to say good things about their wife is in public. It's actually not true. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. I don't know how much time I have left, but I'm going to address an issue right now. I still have how many copies? Wow. They're going to like about a third way of our message. But we will finish. Yeah. Let me talk about the orphan mindset. Let me talk about the orphan mindset. You see, my dad was shot dead when I was eight. And I'm the last of six children. And our mother was a primary school teacher in the village. You know, when you embrace the orphan mindset and you go around expecting people huh, to say, I'm let's just help. Oh. And then you go, that victim thing, then you live in it. Then you live in it. Then you live in it. And you are not stopping to evaluate the fact that you are a loser, really, in life. You are losing big time. The devil wants, the devil's plan is to turn the whole world into one giant orphanage. The orphan mindset. You always think someone else should favor you. Someone else should open the door for you. Someone else should have helped you with that. Someone else should take responsibility for your plight. I'm not, look, the Bible is very clear about orphans and widows, to us who believe, how we must prioritize taking care of them. 
But you know what? One day you turned 18 <laughs> and became an adult. <laughs> but because the thing was woven in from when you lost your parents and all the wrong people came around, they, oh, baby, oh, eh, 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 and then you develop a, com- a complex, which is, era they only do for those ones that, era for me, era for me, era for me. The orphan mindset. You have a father in heaven. The orphan mindset can kill you, will kill your dreams, will destroy you. People will abuse you. People will treat you like a rag. People will step on you. You're there seeking pity? Oh, my friend, snap out of it. I had to snap out of it and realize I have a father in heaven and I am going to make it somehow. Romans 8, 6-7 For to be kindly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. says, because the carnal mind is empty against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. To constantly think or evaluate yourself based on external stimuli, what you see, what you hear, what you taste, smell, feel, how you feel, all these will result in a negative experience of life called death. On the other hand, there is life and peace waiting for you. All you need to do is get spiritually minded. How do you do that? You open your B-I-B-L-E. And start reading it. And start believing it. And start thinking the thoughts of God. He says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of peace. To give you a prosperous and expected future. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am, uh, by his stripes I was healed. He was made poor so that through his poverty I might be made rich. I'm not poor. I'm not poor. I am not poor. Cinnamon to I'm always above and never beneath. There is life and peace. You'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Stayed, not wandering. Stayed on you because he trusts in you. Verse Psalm 119 says, Great peace. Have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. Nothing. Like, nothing. That's no thing in English. It says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually designed. The natural man, the, the natural mind cannot perceive the, spirit, the things of God. And Romach says, getting your little brain to comprehend God is like an ant trying to figure out the internet. That's why he said, God is revealed, not researched. God is revealed, not researched. God is to be believed, not debated. Amen. What does he say in Romans 8, uh, uh, 12? 12 to. He says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world. The world has a form that it wants you to fit in. The world has a mold that it wants you to fit in. The world is putting you under pressure. Tomorrow, have you ever seen people making bricks or, or pavers, paving blocks or whatever? They use a mold, yeah? They use a mold, and the shape of the mold will determine the shape of the brick. Now, here is the thing about how a mold works. When you're going to make a brick, yeah, let's say you have a rectangular mold and you want to make a brick, you don't just be at a distance and you throw the soil in. And yeah, yeah, ha, brick. No, what, what happens? They first put, eh? then they apply what? Pressure. Then, shake, shake to make sure there are no air pockets. Then they go where they are going to dry. They think, wow, rectangular. That's how the world is treating you. Poverty, poverty. You're not beautiful. Look at your nose. 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 Hey. Africans. <laughs> Whoa. I refuse to participate. The world is putting you under pressure to conform to its pattern, to its mold. Pia, pia. To fit in, to fit into that thing. Yeah? Everyone is doing it. You're not everyone. What are some of these? Uncovenanted sexual relationships. People are now behaving like cows. You know, I grew up in the village where animals could just have sex with each other. Like we've got to animal level. Canosin is a kalumamu. I can't bite bite in it. You see, I wish I had time. You see, here's what the devil is doing. Eh? He's getting all of us to get to a place where if you stand up for truth, you even look like you are this idiot. Like you are from the 1800s. I'm so glad that the Wakanda guy, what was his name, who passed on? Chadwick. I'm so glad that he was a believer in Jesus. That he, was, that he went to heaven. But I was so concerned how people were reacting to the whole thing. Wakanda forever, whatever. Did you know he was saved? If he wasn't a believer in heaven, what business do you have... didn't know Jesus means they would be going somewhere for eternal separation from God and do you hear celebrating? Yeah, I'm now touching your cultural sensibilities and idiocy. Someone has to stand for the word of God in this generation. Otherwise our children will inherit nothing. Nothing. 
worth passing on to generations. When was the last time you saw an intimate scene, yeah? People kissing or in a movie or a series between married people. When was the last time you saw and the people doing it were married? When was the last time you saw that? All the sewage you've been watching is designed to dull your senses to the word of God until even you, you find yourself in a compromised position and all your stars have been doing it. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. So, anyway, I'm moving on swiftly. It's always hookups. The wrong hookups. People who don't know each other. People who are not covenanted to each other. Cheating on someone who is covenanted themselves. Like, why, why do movies make cheating look so cool? Ha, ha, ha. Ah. So you're watching and the movie makes it so cool until your spouse... That's when it occurs to you. It's not cool. But you were watching together. What are some of the other modes? Black is bad, white is good. Black is poor, white is rich. Black knows nothing. White knows everything. That's why many of you will buy all the financial books by all the authors from America except straightforward financial growth. Obobu Siru Siru. Do you know where Obobu Siru Siru came from? Let me tell you where it came from. When you were growing up and you were watching TV, how many black characters were on television in your cartoons? How many black characters were on TV? That's why UCC, all these uh, regulation organizations in Africa are coming up with things where they say you must have 70% local content. Do you know what? They are trying to protect your kids from being as corrupted and stupid as you are, where you think that when you see a white person, they are somehow better than you. Do you know where I got that from? Watching TV. Katiba, ha, ha, ha. That's why when a white person comes in the group among any of you, they are likely to be treated with more respect than you treat your brethren. Now, if you treat them with more respect because they are from outside, the Bible says we should treat outsiders with kindness because they are not in their local environment. I mean, when I go to America or other places, I'm treated with a lot of respect. So you return that. But I'm talking about if it's just normal, normal. People live there and what? We are talking about the spiritual man thinks, the thoughts of God. Kativa, 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 Kativa. Do you know one of the latest, most idiotic, stupidest things I've had in Uganda recently for the last maybe three, four years? 
into wives don't check husbands' phones. Like, how dumb can you be and still breathe? even give that counsel. Like I was at wedding once and someone said that. I, I, I nearly puked. My goodness. Wow. And you, you, you're not married. You don't have a marriage. You, you have some semblance of it. If, if, if you don't know your husband's passcode or you don't know your wife's passcode, you don't have a marriage. Let me put it as bluntly as that. You don't have a marriage. You have some pretense thing that is painted on the outside to look like it, but in reality, you ain't got nothing. You ain't got nothing! What are you hiding? Okay. Okay. Where were we? The molds. This other part is too bad, actually. I don't think I should even go there. Hmm? Ugandans are like that. Huh? What? This is Uganda. Huh? My friend. If you and your people, relatives, or whoever, friends, want to be thieves, don't, don't, don't rob all of us in. Huh? Westerners are dot, dot, dot. And these things are said by people who claim to be followers of Jesus. Northerners are dot, dot, dot. Basoka are Rolex makers. <laughs> I need to bring in a joker's one just to recover us. To say, This is bad. Guys, this is how the devil eats up society slowly until one day you wake up and you don't recognize the world you live in. But you allowed it. Because you had the word of God and you didn't do anything about it. He says, be transformed. Be transfigured, be metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind. When you see a butterfly and a caterpillar, if you didn't go to school, you'd never believe one came from the other. One is ugly, crawly, and earthbound, while the other is beautiful, attractive, and taken to flight. But one comes from the other. One was transformed, metamorphosed out of the other. That can happen to you, child of God. You may have been written off. People may have said all sorts of things about you, but I can tell you, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind and become a completely different person. A completely different person. Transform comes from two words, trans and form. Trans is cross, across. Actually, the Greek word is metamorphao. So meta, which is cross, and morph, which is form. You know, like 
a ball becoming a block. You, it's crossing form. So transform your crossing form. You are moving from one form to another. You can be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Colossians 3.10 says, and I've put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. The result, he says, that you may prove what is that acceptable, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. To prove is to make proof of, is to produce the evidence of the perfect will of God. It's to say the will of God is healing it is here manifested the will of god is prosperity it is here manifested the will of god is joy peace ha it is here manifested that's the thing we talked about in day one you become you becoming the word the word was given to you to become it so so that you may let me see how much time i have i think this needs to come because, yeah, I need help. I need help. Please come. He says, this is, woo, woo. Anyway, he says that, that you may prove. Do you know proof? It's called evidence. Huh? Where is the evidence? When you go to court, they say, produce the evidence. Huh? You're a Christian. Oh, wow, you are a small Christ. Okay, where is the evidence? That's how you prove, by the renewing of your mind. Nothing else works. Nothing else works. Colossians 3, 1 to 3, as these people come, says, huh? if, then, if, if, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is is sitting at the right hand of God. It says, set your mind, set, set here as a concrete, set your mind, don't just glance there and look elsewhere. We're fixing, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Kabisa, set your mind. You know when I was thinking about this? I was thinking, think about Christ. Yeah? At the right hand of the what? The Father. Because he says he is so in this one. Then think about what he is experiencing. He says, yeah, then set your mind on that. Is there poverty there? No. Is there sickness there? No. Canality seeps in slowly, and you know it doesn't come obviously. It comes in as a concern. Yeah, the very things by the the Bible calls us to do. Concern. Jesus had concern for for sick people, didn't he? Yeah. Just like you have a concern for sick people, don't you? Yeah. You have experienced sickness in your body, haven't you? Yeah. So, uh huh. Is that then the time to say? Oh, I understand. In fact, it's okay. You can stay sick as you are. Mm. Mm. Because the people battling with mental sickness, unfortunately, that's how the church is asking everyone to respond. Instead of responding with, how can we walk this journey to health, we are being required to say, 
Let me just sit you with you here and let's all stay there. Let, yeah, let's just. Yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad. What? They did that to you? Oh, too bad. You have a right to be angry. Uh, uh, yeah, be angry. Be angry. Uh, hmm? Why? Because black lives matter. Okay, black lives matter, of course. But, uh, so now, be angry. Destroy. Why? I know. Says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. That's the word of God. That's the standard. Let me tell you, women now who you are, especially young people, 20s. I told you, I came for you this week. You're being corrupted. One day you'll wake up and there will be no miracles in your ministry. Do you know how you'll get there? By acquiescing to those temptations of thinking that your social action gives you the right to deny the word of God. You'll wake up and you'll no longer be seeing miracles. That's the danger we face, by the way, in our generation. To get to a point where it's okay to go on with church with no miracles. Like, no miracles. Why? Because we have agreed that people can stay in their state. Why? Because Jesus can't change it. So since Jesus can't change your state of heart, mind, body, whatever, ah, let's just all sit down. I mean, we are going to heaven. Someone has to stand up for the word of God. Of course, with grace. With grace. With grace. It's truth and grace and truth. Grace first, truth next. And because I'm a grace preacher, I feel like I can say these things without being accused of being legalistic. Hopefully. Set your mind on things above. Things above. Things above. Things above. Things above. <laughs> things above. <laughs> Revelation 5. Revelation 5. 11 to... Olimu Kichi. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels round the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times. 10,000 times. 10,000. Isn't that like above? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're seeing, yeah? Singing with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Stop there. There is another part. Let's forget it. Time. Do you know? Most people read this verse and they don't get much out of it. The thing that unlocked this verse for me was three words. Slain to receive. Slain to receive. Did Jesus have these things before he came to earth? Yes, he did. Why is why is he being slain to receive them? Because we are the ones who lost them. And because he's coming on our behalf, he has to be slain to receive them for us, not for himself. Jesus didn't need to be slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. But Jesus needed to be slain for Angela to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Even if we reduced the things above to only those ones. So every time Stuart thinks about himself, he should be thinking, wow, ah, I have been given power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Hallelujah. 
Worthy is the Lamb who was slain in order to receive Hosanna, blessing and honor, glory, riches, power forevermore. Hallelujah, worthy is the Lamb who was slain in order to receive Hosanna, we sing and honor, glory, riches, power forevermore. He was slain to receive those things for you, not for himself. At the very we are talking about this, this one, this is what, this one, the spiritual man thinks the thoughts of God. At the very worst, be thinking about yourself as, my God, Jesus was slain to receive for me power and riches and wisdom. All these things where are promised in scriptures. Yes. It says, behold, I give you power. Yeah? yeah? Riches. It says he, was, he became poor that you through his power might be made rich. And wisdom. He says he has become for us wisdom. Yes. And strength. Strength there, by the way, is in reference to not just money, but physical, yeah, health. Yeah, by his stripes we are healed. And honor. My God. Wow. And glory. It says, the glory you've given to me, I gave to them. Blessing. Just read about Abraham and how blessed he is. Hallelujah. Worthy is a lamb who was slain. In order to receive Hosanna, blessing and honor, glory, riches, power forevermore. Ah, ah, we have to start finishing, by the way, even though I still had like. Finally, brethren. Finally, brethren. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, that should include your spouse, by the way, if you're married, whatever things are of good report, not bad report, good report. Because sometimes you're going to get a bad report from your auditor or your doctor or your lawyer but there is good report in the world if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy meditate on these things it says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success who makes your way their way prosperous? You. Whom gives yourself good success? You. Based on what? What you meditate in. He says, but his delight is in the love of the Lord and on his law. He meditates day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever. He does. Shall prosper you like a tree planted by the riverside. It knows not seasons. It doesn't know the 28th from the 15th, from the 3rd, from the 20th. My goodness. Whoa. Ah. 
1 Timothy 4, 15, he says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely. How? How? Entire. Entire. Not. Ah! 20s, 20s, 20s. I'm talking to 20s, 20s, 20s. It means you have no other things you're thinking. Entirely to them, what's going to happen? That your progress may be evident to all. You see, when your progress is evident to all, you don't need to shout too much to seek attention. Successful people rarely make noise to attract. In fact, they are trying to hide. Now you're on Facebook. Titi, progress, terrible. You have to shout. How often does Mark Zuckerberg come on Facebook? You have you ever watched Jeff Bezos saying anything? Can even you even find YouTube videos of him? His progress is evident to all. Deep waters are quiet. Deep waters are quiet. People came from everywhere to experience the wisdom of Solomon. The Bible says of the Queen of Sheba that she saw the wisdom of Solomon. She saw it. Talkers abound. Those who manifest are few. Why? Because those who meditate are few. Those who manifest are few because those who meditate are few. We have foot in mouth disease. Uh, uh, cameras, that's cameras. Uh, eh? You talk, then you start thinking. You're like, eh? Huh? Huh? I just talked about B3. Uh, what did I say? <laughs> the psalmist says in Psalm 19, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. He says, princes also sit and speak against me. He says, but your servant doesn't think about those people and what they are saying. He meditates on your statutes. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. He says, my eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Think upon these things. Last, last, last bullet. How about the thoughts? He thinks. He says, Psalm 139, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O oh God. How great is the sum of... When, when God is there, and then you're there worried about the other loser's opinion. You know, I came up with a theory the other day. Ticks, you know ticks? And qua. Okay, I thought. Yes, they only find significance in attacking the cattle. Yeah, like without the cows, who would ever have known about ticks? There is a reason those who attack you are attacking you. Their degree of insignificance is such that the only way they will ever get known by anyone is by attacking you. I'm telling you truths that you, 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 now you think you know. You think, think. There are people you know. And how did you get to know about them? Because they were saying something about a great person. It's true. 
Yeah, that's the only way you got to know about them. If they had kept quiet, you will never have known about them. You only know about them because of their criticism against great people who are achieving great things. That's how the tick works. How do you know about tick? Tick, semanish, whatever tick, fever, what tick, what tick, what? Mosquitoes. All the other small insects which are at the degree of mosquitoes, you don't know about them. You don't know, you know, anophilis, simanyi la female, anophilis, ye single kuruma, ye tambuza malaria, anophilis, ye female, ev kaivayo 5 a.m. Why do you know all those, why do you know all those details? Do you know why you know all those details? Because the mosquito is attacking human beings. If it was like those other small, like flies of Entebbe which don't bite, like who even knows? You, you, can, you only get to know about them because of the multitude of them. If a fly comes solo to Najera, you know it's there. Why? It doesn't bite. Kale, stop being disturbed by people at tick level. He says, how great is the sum of them? How precious also are your thoughts to me. Sorry if that came out sounding badly. Oh God, how great... You know what? I, I, you know, by the way, when you preach a message like this, then you can't go and start attacking people yourself and being a teacher. Why do I want to say something? Why do I want to say something about that ministry yes. and that minister and that church and that fellowship? Why? 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 You are being a teacher. No, Sirika. Come mind your business. Bajita chi? Ngoha. Ngoha. Yeah, Ngoha, it sounds so big. <laughs> <laughs> he says, if I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand when I wake up still with you. One, one last verse. Prophets, prepare. <laughs> Same verse in uh, the Passion Translation. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. No, we are talking about the spiritual man thinks the thoughts of God. Now think, this is the these are God's thoughts towards you. Now we didn't invite me to their party. Don't you know how to cook or about to buy your own chicken? If they don't invite you to the party, if they don't invite you to order, yeah, order, order, order food from Javas or take a music or take a Tolina Wolfa, Tolina Wolfa. Order food or take a music or Corona dance, or Corona dance, or Corona dance and have your own party. Why? Because of the thoughts God has towards you. Oh, you're sunking to a bank, is a party. He says, oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. I've ever shared this with you only. It's only you I've shared this with. There was a time I meditated on God's word so much 
that I started thinking dangerous thoughts yeah. of Paul in Philippians of for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I started actually wanting to die because I, I was so enthralled with how God thought about me. I was like, what is this earth is useless. Earth is useless. I never shared with my wife. Now she knows. Now she knows. I recovered. But I remember I shared with you. Remember? Why am I thinking these things? I'm not like in a bad way. But, what? but let me tell you, when, when, you, when you embrace God's thoughts towards you, even death becomes a thing. Beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. Paul was like, I'm really struggling with a decision. <laughs> to stay or to die. All these things people hang on to feel like if you never get married you will not have lived your life. No. We don't know Martin Luther for his marriage. No. Oh. Not Paul. Even Paul was single. Not even Jesus. Huh? Jesus didn't have children physical. Paul didn't have children physical. So some people it's a case of God if I don't have children. Eternity has failed. No, 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 my brother, my sister, no. Baba, if I don't get married, ah, so you start going around, literally falling on people. Look at me in the bar, woman. Make up for I'm ready for marriage. Because you are not thinking the thoughts of God toward you. Huh? Huh? Such good action. Huh? Huh? Atem men, men. Nobody as if the sun is moving towards the earth at a very high speed. The end of the world has come because you are left with 20k. Look. Says I've known how to abound. And how to be in one. And says I can do all things. Let, child of God, let nothing in this world determine your state of heart or mind because God thinks such incredible thoughts towards you. I can hear the sound of a new generation. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555 That is 0393-281-555